Good morning, Jerry. Paul, good morning. How are you? Doing great. How are you? Good. I'm going to try to switch to my headset here real quick. Sorry for my technical difficulty. Well, it's early yet. We'll let you slide. So it's it's good that I had that hiccup this morning because our topic this week is being performance driven. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, let me let me read the definition that we have before I bare my soul. But it says like a professional athlete, leaders strive to make improvements and become better every single day. They know that there's always room for improvements and can be made. Uh, that can be made to make themselves and their team more effective. Great leaders are driven by performance and the, mot- and the motivation to see how far they can take it. So as you're, um, as you're pondering this week about being performance driven, one of the, I'll kick off with one of the challenges for myself this week, and it's only Tuesday is um, that I've been sharing with some guys is that my, uh, it's, it's difficult when my identity gets, gets uh, messed up inside my performance. So when my, when my identity is tied too close to performance, um, I create challenges for myself and those around me. So there's, there's much more good. And I, and I think for people like ourselves that are a type personalities, I think it's kind of a given that we're performance driven. Would you agree with that? Not sure. Say more. Not sure if I agree with that. Well, I guess, you know, maybe it depends on the definition of performance. That was another issue that came up this morning is that um, when you when you hear the word performance, what do you correlate that to? And um, and so the definition that we've got for this week says um, that leaders strive to make improvements and become better every single day. So I think broad stroke. Uh, performance, getting better every single day would be something that I would certainly agree with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and when you first said it, my my first inclination was to say, yes, I agree with that. But most, most small business owners are performance driven. I think um, mm-hmm. I think that you've made an interesting comment there about having your identity tied to your performance. That's... Um, and you noted it as a negative. I'm curious what issues that you've seen that cause for you or for people around you. Yeah. Well, I think if, you know, speaking personally, I think if my, I think if my self-worth is tied up into my performance, like if, if I performed well on your job and your client's satisfied with me and you're satisfied with me, then I must be a good person. Right. And if you're, if if you're dissatisfied with my work, then you must be dissatisfied with me as a human being that if my, if the execution of my task is directly correlated to my self-worth and or too much tied to my self-worth, I think that could be, in my case, it's been detrimental. So the, the old, you are what you do thing. So if you... Exactly. If you if you uh, don't do a good job, then you must be a bad person. Which exactly, as we say it intellectually, it's easy to see that that's not true. But you're right; it is very easy to get that tied up, which which probably uh, is tied to the issues around holding others accountable and you know dealing with performance issues. What makes them so hard to deal with 
is that there's probably a lot of us who tie our personal worth to our work. So when we mess something up in our work then and someone calls it out or asks, asks us about it, then we feel personally hurt or offended mm-hmm. because someone called out a piece of our work, even though they're not saying you're a loser and <laughs> they're saying the work wasn't quite good enough. Right. Uh, but it can sure feel like that when you, when you take, when you tie your personal value to your performance at work. Yes. Yeah. 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 So as, as a leader, how are you, how do you manage performance uh, either of yourself and or of your, your team, those in your charge? So first off, the reason I hesitated to immediately agree that everybody is performance driven is I was in my mind, I think I tied performance to results, okay, which aren't necessarily uh, tied together. Okay. Um, and I think being results driven is different than being performance driven. Uh, that's probably a hair we can split another day. Um, I, I, my first gut reaction when I saw this topic was that there's a light and a dark side to this. So I, Ooh. I like you, am somebody who wakes up every day and says, what can I meddle with today? <laughs> what can I, what can I tweak and make a little bit better today? Um, and I mean, it's that sort of thinking that moves things forward. It's what put a man yeah. on the moon, you know, it, it's those things move things forward. So on the dark side of being performance driven, is the leader who can never pause long enough to recognize their own or others' accomplishments. So moving from one challenge to the next can be really thrilling for us, um, especially for those of us who just love solving problems and taking on new challenges. But for our teams, it can often, even for ourselves, but especially for those around us who maybe aren't as performance-driven and challenged, then they can often feel like nothing's good enough. They're never appreciated for the work they do. Gosh, Jerry, you're just never happy. I work my butt off and you're just never happy today. It's something else, you know? So that can be a, can be a shadow side to it that it's really good to be aware. I think I've got my own personal scars related to that one Mm -hmm. uh, because I I just keep plowing forward and other people want to pause for a minute. Um, On the bright side of it, um, being driven like this is what makes it possible for you to help others see what's even possible. Mm-hmm. My experience has been that sometimes team members don't hesitate to try something or do something because they're afraid to, or they're incompetent or lazy. Uh, it can just be that they simply don't see the possibilities that exist. They're mm-hmm. not, they're not looking in that direction. And that's where a good leader can see the possibilities and has the performance drive to push through obstacles and if you can communicate it in the right way, then you can inspire your team to see those possibilities as well. And then they can even achieve more than they thought possible. So that, that can, you know, when applied correctly, I think that's a real positive side to the performance mm-hmm. drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a fine line. I made a note um, that you were talking about solving problems. And I think as a leader, my tendency is to solve problems. And so, um, and I'm thinking about, you know, even family members that share, you know, some struggles on certain issues. And instead of me just being present um, and listening to them, I, 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 I shift gears quickly into a transactional uh, relationship where I'm trying to, solve that problem for them 
-hmm. and they re they really didn't want the problem solved. They just wanted somebody that would listen to them and care, you know, have some empathy. Yeah. And so and so if my you know performance and I could be screwing up the definition, but um, if, if performance means loving that person and being present for that person, then I'm performing well. Mm -hmm. if, perfor if, if performance is changing the results in that relationship, then I'm performing poorly, right? Mm -hmm. Right. And there, I think, is, the, is that fine line between performance and results, right? So performance can be viewed as what you're, the actions you're taking in the moment, the yeah. things that you're actually doing. And, you know, again, I, I know I probably bore the heck out of you and everyone else with my Stephen Covey stories, but it's the Stephen, mm. the Stephen Covey story of when they're ch chopping their way through the jungle and yeah. finally the leader comes along and climbs up a ladder and they're making really good time, but he climbs up a ladder and looks out over the jungle and he goes, hey, we're in the wrong jungle. <laughs> right, right. And so performance can be, gosh, look how, look how well and efficiently we're doing at chopping through the jungle, but the result isn't what it should be. So to your yeah. point about someone wants you to listen and be empathetic, that's performance. What's the result? You might get focused on the result of let's solve this problem. And really they're just interested in you performing in a certain way in that moment. So what's, what's truly the result that we're after? So, yeah, that's, that's a good, good expectations right what, mm -hmm. what are your expectations um yeah what are your yeah again there's so many there's so many language pieces to this that i'm relearning um as a 52 year old i'm relearning um what what words mean to me and and, and what they mean to other people so mm -hmm. um, if i said to one of my coworkers, hey how are you performing um Gosh, depending on what I'm talking, you know, what, what is the definition of performance? What are the expectations? Mm -hmm. It seems like as a leader um, is to have clarity of, uh, of language, you know, you, you may say, how's the, how are, how's Joe performing at the Smith job? And you might be talking about performance as it relates to how comfortable are are the Smiths with Joe in the house? Like, is he a good guest? Mm -hmm. Is he a good, is he a, is he a, a considerate visitor in their home? Right. That's what you, that's what you meant by performance. And, and uh, uh, your, your project manager might think that he, you're asking about the crown molding, right? Mm -hmm. So, yeah, that clarity that you're talking about with performance, you know, what is performance? What defines good performance? And, tied closely of course to what defines the proper result what are we actually after uh this is this is an interesting topic because it's in the business owners i work with and the many business owners i talk with this is one of the recurring issues that comes up in uh performance problems with employees is that yeah. the employees aren't clear because it hasn't been made clear to them what they are, uh, what their performance, what makes good performance. So yeah. what, how do I know I'm doing this right? What results should I be getting? And then to know that my, I'm performing this properly. And lots of employees, they get, you know, if they get two hours of onboarding and orientation and then boom, they're in the mix. 
and that's about the gist of it. So there's no clarity for them about whether or not they're performing well or not. So they go about doing the best they can that they know how. Yeah. And then, you know, you talk with a business owner who's just going, gosh, it's so hard to find good help. And after a while you want to go, yeah, it's even harder to find good leaders <laughs> to, to utilize that help once it shows up at your doorstep. So, um, yeah. So that clarity that you bring up about performance, what is performance and what is good performance? It's, uh, it's an interesting, that's an interesting topic that's pervasive. It's an mm -hmm. issue that's pervasive among almost every business owner I talk with. Mm -hmm. There's another thing about performance, I think, and you, you think about attacking new challenges all the time and so forth. And it's, I think it can be really critical to keep in mind that your team needs to know where they stand. And what I mean by that is if you're driving your team along a path of improvement or tackling some issue or achieving some goal or building some project, it's critical to let them know where they are in the process. And not only when they mess up, but something as simple as a status report or a pause to say, hey, remember when we started, you were only able to do X? Now look where you are. And yeah, there's a lot more runway in front of us. There's a lot more to do. But wow, look how far you've come to this point. And that can be a huge help to the employee who or team member has a hard time with the, your performance drive, you know, because they can at least see that you recognize and then they can pause and recognize the progress that they've actually made along the way. It's easy for all of us to sort of get our head down and just, you know, grind away day to day and stop paying attention to the, um, to the progress that we're making. Yeah. And it's really difficult as you're, as you're talking about that, doing performance reviews and uh, discussing raises is that obviously there's a correlation between your performance and your hourly wage. And so those are really difficult waters to navigate with somebody to say, um, you know, that you, you have a starting wage based on what you think their performance is going to be. And then 90 or 120 days or a year later, you do a performance review and you equate the growth in their performance, whatever, however you define performance with a monetary value, right? Mm -hmm. So you you performed really well this this year so i'm going to give you a 2% uh wage increase you performed very well this year so i'm going to give you a 10% 20% 30% correlating that dollar amount to performance is really difficult mhm mm that's really hard right and that to me is where the that to me is where it gets important to click that switch over to results what results are they getting because ultimately, this is the difference in vision, really, between a business owner who functions like a leader owner and a business owner who owns their job. They function as a technician. Is The technician is focused on the performance, the day-to-day, -day, here's what I'm doing day in, day out. They don't yeah. have a bigger picture view on what the results that the organization is getting. And yeah. when, when a business owner can shift their thinking to results – and two, what's the outcome that I'm after for the, yeah. for the organization, for the business, and for each individual team member? Well, then performance reviews get easier because if we're very clear about the result that we want, hey, Joe, you need to install three shower doors a day with a 2% error rate. 
Well, mm-hmm. that's that's pretty clear. And then when you do a performance review for Joe, it's very simple to say, Joe, you're installing two a day and you have a 6% error rate, which is not horrible, but we have work to do. So you get the 2% raise this time. When we hit this other mark, you'll get the 10% raise. But it's clear for you and it's clear for Joe to be able to say, okay, I can see that. And you know what, Joe, don't get you. Joe's not going to get his feelings hurt. He can see the clear result data-driven piece about what he's doing. And then everybody gets, it gets a lot easier to help people move towards results than it does to say, hey, Joe, you're just not doing well enough. Well, what do you mean I'm not doing well enough? Well, I need you to install more glass with a lower error rate. Well, what do you mean more glass? I do, you know, see it when it's, when it's ambiguous, then people Uh, get, people get kind of lost in the, it becomes an argument. And it yeah. becomes, we get uneasy as the leader even doing the performance review because we know we don't have a clear, uh, a clear result for them to know what they're supposed to be doing. Yeah. 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 Gosh, that's really good. It's another place, too, where it's, it's a balance of knowing your team. So many of our conversations about leadership, mm-hmm. it seems like, come back, come back to knowing your team and knowing them on a level that you can understand their healthy balance uh, of drive and recognition. Some people need more recognition than others. And other, some like to be driven harder. Some like to not be driven as hard. Sure. Uh, so knowing your team members enough to know their tolerance for being driven and their, their need for, hey, Joe, you are here and you're doing a great job in the moment. We have other work to do, but you, you're doing a great job here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so people need different levels of that. And it requires... You know, that sticky, messy part that we talked about and just getting to know personally what those team, who those team members are. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. So, it's, I don't know, talent management, um, talent awareness, pick a, pick a definition. But what it means to me is that you got to know your players. Like, you got to know, you know, is this guy a utility player? Is he going to be, if you use a baseball metaphor, is he a pitcher, catcher, first baseman? utility player, middle infielder, outfielder, uh, relief pitcher, like what's this guy's competencies? And if you take a, you know, you, you see this in sports where you take a, you take a, a closer in baseball that might be throwing three pitches or 20 pitches and you make him into a starter. And that transition is, you know, mo- most guys can't make that transition. Mm-hmm. And, and so, yeah, to recognize your, the responsibility the leader has to know the guy's uh, competencies. Um, you said a whole bunch there because I was also thinking about a minute ago or a few minutes ago, you said, you know, to, to get with those in your charge and to say, can we reflect on how far you've come? You know, can, can we look back over the last 12 months or 12 years and see how far you've come, Joe? that's a that's a really important role of the leader is to actually look back at the progress you've made mm-hmm. yeah and i think that's this is another topic that seems to come up in a lot of our discussions too is not only look back and and see recognize and make clear because maybe joe doesn't even know or recognize the progress he's made yeah uh, but also to turn the other way and you know we talk a lot about vision but be able to drive the team toward performance 
that fits a vision. So to be able to communicate that clarity of vision going forward. So your team's far more motivated and engaged when everyone understands where we're going and why we're going there. Mm-hmm. And so that their performance is going to improve and they're going to be able to measure, you know, it goes back to results. They're going to be able to measure themselves uh, against, you know, am I moving in this direction? And frankly, they'll make such better decisions along the way as well. So it's that ability to communicate clearly, you know, going back to what I said before, a lot of times a leader can see something that doesn't exist. As leaders, we sit around, we dream up things, right? Maybe we don't sit around, but yeah, we dream up stuff. We wake up today and go, holy cow, we've been doing this this way for 15 years. And now I have an idea that I think could make it better. And being able to go to your team and communicate in an understandable way to them, something that doesn't even exist yet. That's a skill set that a leader has to really work at because when you can paint that picture and your team can see that picture, now they're going to get on board with you. But a lot of times a team is hesitant to get on board because they're like, I have no clue what Paul's talking about. He keeps talking about this thing and I don't get it. I don't understand it. Mm -hmm. And so they're just going to sort of stand on the sidelines until it clicks for them, until they understand, oh, that's what we're trying to achieve. And then, then you can maybe get the buy-in from them and get them to actually work towards the same goal you're working towards. Yeah. And not that this happens much to us anymore. Um, however, there was a, a, a young leader in a, in, a, um, in a group this morning that was sharing about a project that he's embarking on for a customer that he's never done before. And so he's having a very, very difficult time uh, having metrics, uh, performance-driven metrics for this project that he's, he's just uncertain about. He feels like he's moving in a direction where he's blind. And so not that that happens much to us, but I, certainly that can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, you don't even know if you're, you know, until you, until you know how to measure it, it's really hard to evaluate how you're performing. Right. Right. And as leaders, you have to be careful, too, of how you measure it. <laughs> because yeah. there's uh, everyone's familiar with the everyone's familiar with the unintended consequences to a incentive pay program. Right. So because you start to measure something and your team can start to believe that something is the game, it is the result. And so you have to be very careful to make sure that what you're measuring is not something your team doesn't start to think well that's the goal that's the performance measure when really the measurement is just a step or an indicator of what's of what we're after it's an indicator that we're moving and even if we call we talk about key strategic indicators all the time so we create a vision for the company and then figure out what are the indicators that are going to tell us we're moving in that direction well the indicators can't become the goal right they have to they're just measurements about the goal Right. No, that's good. So you've got, in, you know, we talk in terms of internal customers and external customers. Mm-hmm. So what are, what are the key performance indicators and KPIs for your internal customers, job satisfaction, mm-hmm. career development, engagement, et cetera. And then what are the measurables for the key performance indicators for external customers? And mm-hmm. they're not, they're not the same. And so the, one of the things that you and I, you and I hope for is that, 
if we take care of the internal customers um, and we have key performance indicators for our, our internal customers that our staff, our internal customers will then turn around, be outward facing and have key performance indicators for external customers. And to your point, gosh, that's a really good point, is that you, you want to make sure that the performance indicators are uh, the results that you want for each client, right? Mm -hmm. So, right. right. Yeah, I was talking hey, to somebody the other day, and he had a salesperson who he was complaining because he said he he said he doesn't say no to anything, takes everything that comes in, and you know, a it's overloading my staff, and b we're taking bad work. And I said, interesting. How does he get compensated? And he goes, well, he gets a percentage of revenue. I said, you, you realize he's doing exactly what you've incentivized him to do. Yes. So we have to be careful in those situations to say, this yes. is the goal. And we're measuring something that tells the team member that something else is the goal. That performance is measured by revenue because that's, it, that's what you've rewarded. Yes. Well, if that's not what you want, if that's not the measure, then be careful what you measure and be careful what you tell someone is important, either either by verbally telling them that or measuring it or even rewarding them financially for achieving it. It's hard to blame yes. somebody for trying to get all the revenue they can get when they get paid based on revenue. Mm -hmm. I think I'd do the same thing. <laughs> well, no, yeah, exactly. Well, and I think that's why you need multiple. You, you, there's, there's not... It's not just one KPI, right? Like you, you can definitely have too few, but you can also have too many, right? Yes. So, and it becomes a, unclear. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. and or and or unrealistic, right? Yeah, it can, it can, it can become so hard to track that you stop tracking. That's another problem. It kind of like with our project management, we always talk about the three, the three prime directives, right? On time, on budget, referring client. So a project manager has to balance those three things. You can't just plow through and go as fast as possible to be on time and make the client happy and blow the budget. And you can't stay in budget, but take forever to get done and piss off the client. Right? Exactly. So it's like, Hey, you've got to balance these three things. So very often you're right. It takes more than one. It takes more than one KPI to say, all right, you have to balance these three things and that's going to move us in the direction. So if this person I was talking about said, well, I'm going to pay you based on revenue, but you're not going to get paid if we don't hit our, our profit targets. Well, that person would start being more selective about the work they take because they, they exactly. would stop taking the low profit work because then they would be working for nothing. So yes. yeah, it's all about balance. So many, so many things in life are. Well, and just to speak to that in very specific, so it's 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 like for us, it would be revenue and cost of goods, right? So rev revenue would be just one indicator. The top line, you know, we did we sold a million dollars, and then the second indicator that's really important is um, the the cost of goods. You know, so we we sold a million dollars, but our cost of goods was one point two million, <laughs> right? Right. Right. That, that's no good. <laughs> right. And so, and so, and so you're right to have those, or, you know, using physical fitness as a measurement, you lost weight, but your, um, your blood pressure is through the roof and right. All these other, and, and I think that's one of the things that I definitely have done. Some of, some of my shortcomings as a leader is I have 
um, focused too much on one KPI and it's been a detriment to some of the other uh, KPIs. Company culture is one of those that I've had seasons where our company culture um, wasn't healthy or wasn't healthy enough or uh, could have been a lot more health, you know, could have been a lot healthier of an environment, but we were hitting up, we were hitting quote unquote, we're hitting our numbers. Yeah. Well, one of my measurements should have been, you know, the company culture, which is tough to measure. But I remember you, I think it was, you've said this multiple times that if you think about ponder something long enough, you can figure out some ways to measure it. Yeah. There's always a way. And, you know, to your point before, it's important to make sure that you're not over measuring because then it just gets confused. It becomes unclear and confusing. And I, and I read this or heard this somewhere recently, might have been yesterday, that um, like having the appropriate time frame around those measurements. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, it's healthy. It might be healthy to look at your KPIs once a week or once a month. It's not healthy to look at them every five minutes. Right. And make 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 uh, leadership decisions based on what you just saw in the last five minutes. Yeah, you have to make sure you understand what you're measuring and what time frame it makes sense to look at it. Because if you, I had a client one time who looked at his bank account every day and Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, he would be depressed and upset because the bank account looked terrible. And you know, by Thursday yes. and Friday, it would be swing back because historically his business, he did a lot more revenue generation on the second half yeah. of the week than the first half of the week. And so he was on this emotional roller coaster ride every single week. And I finally said, why don't you yeah. stop looking at your bank account on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday and start looking at it only on Fridays or on, on you know, once a month or something. But it's a, it's kind of a nervous thing to be looking at it, but it's not doing you any good. So if the, if you're not, if there's not enough data that accumulates over a given amount of time, uh, it doesn't make any sense to look at that measurement because it's just going to give you bad data mm -hmm. anyway. And that's, that's important mm -hmm. when you think about performance with your team and with yourself and with your company, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't do you a whole lot of good to look at things uh, too soon, but you'd also don't want to wait too long to look at it. Yeah. You know, if he looked at his bank account once a quarter, then all kinds of crap could go wrong and he wouldn't know it in time to do anything about it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What are some performance? And, and I recognize I'm putting you on the spot. Um, it's all right. I can dodge with the best of them. Thank you. Um, what, are some, what, are, what are some performance issues that you look at today that are surprising to you that you look at? Like if I would have talked to a younger version of Paul Bauscher, you know, 20 years ago, what would what would the younger guy say to the older guy today um, about performance and measurables that the younger guy would find um, shocking or interesting? Well, that's a really good question. So how would the how would the 50 year old Paul explain performance to the 25 year old Paul? Yeah, uh, I think so. The first thing I'm just going to share the first thing that pops in my mind since you put me on the spot. Um, I would say think bigger would be my advice. Look at bigger indicators, not smaller ones. Don't get hung up on the minutia. Uh, kind of like what we were just talking about right now. Don't look at don't look at where you are every week take a take a bigger picture view of 
where you want to be and then play that backwards. And I've always sort of instinctively been that kind of person anyway. Uh, but I, I think that's, that's where I've experienced the most success at achieving performance goals is when, again, another Stephen Covey thing, begin with the end in mind, right? That's one of the mm-hmm. seven habits of highly effective people is begin with the end in mind. And that's something that I think um, is so critical because if we don't know where we're going, that's how you end up in the wrong jungle. You're just working away. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm doing really good turning out X number of widgets. But, uh, you know, where's that getting me? Is that moving me in the direction that I want to go? And that would be, I think that would not only be my advice to a younger version of me, but my advice to anyone and everyone, younger or older, uh, you know, mm-hmm. always get that longer term view. It, it's sort of like looking at the stock market every day. You know, you can you can look at it yesterday and fell in the bottom mm-hmm. of the ocean because of trade war talks. But, you know, through your lifetime and mine, it's taken that roller coaster ride and you start to learn to have the context to sort of not get yourself too out of joint over it. That's awesome. Well, I totally lost track of time and we're over, but I, that's a good, that's a good, that's a, you finished strong right there. That's really good. <laughs> not bad for being put on that's the spot. Really good. That's good. It's good stuff right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Think bigger and begin with the end in mind. That's good. Good stopping point for us today, Bowser. Yep. Good talk as always, right. Jerry. Thanks. Likewise. I'll be in touch. All right. Bye-bye.